Theorizing that Quantum Leap would hold up after 30 years, two friends set out to watch every episode and vanished. Oh boy. Sam's boning down with a real classy dame. He's hunting a hitman with a dumb name. So ended season one. Oh boy! Featuring Kristen and Leet. Yeah! Welcome to... Oh boy! Oh boy! It's Kristen, Kristen and, and Leet. I'm Leet. I'm Kristen. Kristen, what do we do on this show? We talk about Quantum Leap. We watch an episode of Quantum Leap and then we talk about Quantum Leap. Kristen, what episode of Quantum Leap did we watch? We watched, um, what was it called? Play It Again, Seymour. Yep. Set in 1953, where Sam leaps into the body of someone who looks remarkably similar to Humphrey Bogart, but is not Humphrey Bogart. But also is a detective. Yeah. You could see how that's confusing for everyone around him. You can imagine, like, if you're, like, a 20-year-old dude and you're like, hey, I look kind of like Bogey, the one career I probably shouldn't go into is acting. But then second to that is private detective. Yeah. So we're in a detective story. Sam leaps in. He's holding a gun. There's a body on the floor. Uh, It looks like he shot a guy, but he didn't shoot a guy. Yeah. I'm still a little confused about that. Um... It was that someone else did, and we didn't see. Yeah, he walked in. He walked in. Well, we find out later. Like Sam leapt in, probably like two and a half seconds after uh, Nick Allen, the guy he's being, uh, walked in the door. So when he he later says to the cops, "Is like I just showed up, and he was already dead." That happens to both be true for Sam and for uh, Nick. Checks out. Yep. Yeah. So, um, what I was more interested in in that scene is the fact that. Uh, <laughs> He slicks back his hair to look like this guy. Although, like, yeah, because I think the bogey, the bogey guy, his hair was just like fully slicked back, whereas Sam did it more in a in a kind of greaser. He did a little curl. He did a curl, which uh, Bogey didn't have. So I was really, I wrote, a f- yeah, another note about like how his real life hair looks better, like his Sam hair looks better than his yeah. Nick hair. And it was like actually styled differently. I didn't clock it at the time, but you're right. They were, in fact, styled differently. So if there was somebody in the room watching him comb his hair, what yeah. did that person see? Yeah. Like fully, like just like the comb going a different direction than the hair, like a hologram. <laughs> this is where my mind was. <laughs> I didn't even scene. clock this at the time, but you're right. Well, because, yeah, we were recently talking so much about him what shaving happened. and bathing and stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's also, I mean, while we're while we're here, like in a little bit, we're gonna. Well, again, we're probably not gonna talk about it because it's just such a small moment. But there are a couple of hats on a hat stand. <laughs> he grabs one, puts it on. It doesn't fit, so he goes, "Oh, that must be um, Phil's. Phil's." Then he grabs the other hat, and it fits. <laughs> what What is happening? Wait. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Yeah, is it just the kind of thing where if it fit Nick, it will fit Sam because Sam is Nick? 
Or also Nick and Sam could have the same sized head and yep. Phil could be a smaller man. It could all just coincidentally Maybe work Sam out. only leaps into people his exact size. Something I look forward to exploring in next, <laughs> in next season, really. Because, yeah, uh, especially considering where we're going to start next season. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that because, uh, yeah. Um, or maybe he did take, maybe Phil was a big guy and he took Phil's hat and he's just stupid and hasn't figured it out. He's like, oh, this must be Phil's hat and puts it back down. When in fact, that is Nick's hat. Yeah. You should put it on because otherwise people are going to be like, Nick. Why are you wearing Phil's hat? Then, it's so big on your small, tiny head. But then the alternative is he puts on Nick's hat, which is too small for him, and people just see it like floating an inch or two above the top of his head. <laughs> He's like a, vi- a walking video game glitch. It is. And again, it's like, yeah, sure, we can just like... Donald just hand waves it away and says, don't look at this. Everybody, look look at all the pretty colors and moving pictures. But God damn it, I need to know. <laughs> well, you put quantum in the title of your show, so I'm going to assume there's some kind of scientific soundness to yeah, it. Yeah, we're for sure. Like, I need an explanation for this. <laughs> anyway, I, I think we just have to let it go for now. Yeah. Um. So he, he goes to jail. Yeah, Sam goes to jail. Um, where he, he we get our, his first kind of conversation with Al, uh, explaining what's going on. And he's too busy doing impressions in the mirror, just different impressions. Yeah, because he's... Bogart, Cagney. He's trying to do bogey, but accidentally landing on Cagney. And then later on, he does um, uh, Edward, Edward G. G. Robinson. Robinson. And also, it's funny, because he's just talking to himself, as usual. Yeah. His cellmate, to be fair, too drunk to care. Drunk and asleep for a lot of the scene. Yeah, so... So, fine. It's still a little bit like there's guards around and shit, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I don't have any notes on this exposition scene because I don't particularly care. We're gonna it's yeah, we're gonna play out a detective story. No, all my stuff about it is is like this kind of thing, like not what they're talking about, but the way it's being given to us. Yeah, like for example, um, when he he suddenly we hear we hear for the first time a little like ring ding ding ding, and he goes like, I know what's gonna happen. Like, yeah. someone's going to come in here and let me out. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the f- what just happened? Yeah. Yes, it is interesting they introduce in here the idea of he thinks he's got this weird sort of prophetic deja vu. Yeah. My note here is Sam has premonitions. Yeah. So that's new. Also, good question. If he, we, we find out that it's it's just because he read a book. He read a book this about happened. this. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more into that later. But it did make me think, what if Sam leaps into the body of a psychic? Oh. Being someone who doesn't believe in that sort yeah. of thing, I'm sure you... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like to me, it's like <laughs> Sam leaps into the body of a con artist. So what happens? He, he, he cons people or, aw shucks, he doesn't. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about our, um, our uh, <laughs> conflicting beliefs. And uh, so, yeah. For me, it raised an interesting thing of would he actually develop psychic ability for the duration of this episode? Um, um, I don't know. Because, like, again, it depends if the person is psychic. Because, again, if we're dealing with the, uh, the reality that Sam himself is leaping and switching places with this person. Sam isn't himself a psychic. There's an episode, uh, I'm going to spoil one episode 
but I don't know when it's coming, so who knows? But um, Sam leaps into the body of a blind person, and Sam can continue to see in this body. So presumably, oh. Sam would not gain, gain third sight or sec- second sight. Although, if he were smart, I was going to say he'd go, he'd leap, and then uh, because he's. Uh, he he knows what happens in the future. He could convince everyone, like you sure, said, that yeah. he's psychic and he make could this predict person... the Super Bowl winners and stuff like that. Yeah, he could change a person's life for the better by doing that. But then when he leaves, they'd have to quit. So yeah, uh, I just liked the sound effect a lot. It, we haven't really seen this. I mean, I'm, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the sound effect. Does it sound like? I mean, you know that the Al is walking through something sound effect. It's yeah, like a shimmery. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, was it that same sound effect or something different? Um, I don't know if it was exactly the same. I think it was. All right. It sounded like the impression you just did of it, so. Anyway, Sam, his first premonition here is, oh, there's going to be a bald cop who comes through and uh, and lets me go. Uh, and, in fact, a bald cop with a cigar comes in and says, uh, the bullet from the body didn't match your gun, so you're free to go. Yeah. This scene has been useless. Yep. Great. I think, like, it was largely there to set up that there was, like, this weird animosity with Al and Sam this episode. Yeah. Um, Because Al brings something up about Tina and Tina's friend, and Sam's like, what, so you're going to have an affair with Tina's friend? And Al's like, no, actually. I'm going to go gambling with (laughs) Tina's friend. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why he's in such a huff about it, because he absolutely cheats on Tina all the time. So much. And he knows that Sam doesn't really approve of that. But they're both very vocal about uh, not being on the same page in this episode about the way they treat women or their relationships with women. Which I guess is all because in this episode we see Sam really fall for a woman yeah. for the first time. Like, like Is it? Yeah, you know what? In this one, I guess he falls really hard. Yeah, it's... it's Like with Peggy and the pilot, he was like, maybe I am starting to fall in love with yeah, her. Yeah, maybe like I was, guess a little bit. Yeah, maybe I have to kiss this pretty lady. God. <laughs> but then there's Donna Alisi, which is like, well, that's... He fell for her, like, in his own life. Whole other ball game. Yeah. Paused for a second because Al made a crack in this episode. Something about like you just haven't been getting any lately. Yeah, I'm like, first of all, obviously because he's been traveling into other people's times and bodies. But also, he kind of people. has been hooking up with people. That was my follow up. Like, is might I remind you that last episode he was smooching a tween. It's um, smooching a tween, and also like <laughs> doing God knows what up in Don Gino's attic. Oh, I forgot about the attic. Like, he probably... Like, they were at least, like, like over the clothes. Yeah. They were doing stuff. They weren't just smooching. <laughs> More than smooching. More than smooching. <laughs> Sam Beckett story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, what a hurtful thing for Al to say. And also an untrue thing. Um, but something that it seems like Sam really takes to heart, because... He lays eyes on Allison and he's like, oh no. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't met Allison yet. Before we meet Allison, we have yeah. to meet Seymour and um, um, Lionel, who is the super of this building. Uh, the, the building that uh, his office is in and also the um, elevator guy. Um, Do I need to state again that I disapprove of Sam Beckett smooching tweens? I casually said that. 
I should say that it's not quite casual, but if you listen, I don't feel casually about it. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that I don't feel casually about it. We have strong it. opinions about 35-year-old Scott Bakula <laughs> smooching 14-year-old actors. I just want to get that out of the way, because sometimes I listen <laughs> listen to our show and I'm like, if what, anyone... you listen to this shit? <laughs> I'm our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leader of our fan club. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I'm like, man, if people think I'm earnest sometimes about some of the things I say, I'm a little worried. So just so you know, I don't think that 35-year-old men should kiss 14-year-old girls, okay? Or do over-the-clone <laughs> stuff in Don Gino's attic. I also have a hard no on that. So Seymour is uh, played by, by the way, Willie Garsons, who we were like, oh, this guy's in everything. Like, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sex in the city. Like, mm-hmm. Charlotte's a dude. Um, but I go to his IMDb bio, which starts off with, Rarely at a loss for work, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so, That's what I want my IMDb credit to be. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, basically, Willie Garsons is in everything. Good for him. He's, he's a very prolific uh, television actor. And he plays Seymour, who is very obviously inspired by Seymour from Little Shop yeah, of Horrors. When I, my, I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, is this fucking Seymour Krellborn? <laughs> and he says like, oh, I'm an orphan and I grew up in an orphanage in New York. And I'm like, and were you taken in by a man named Mr. Bushnick? <laughs> poor. All my life, I've always been poor. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He's pretty adorable. He's pretty good. Also, the name, the ti- the episode is titled after him, which made us both think, oh, this guy's like very significant. He's probably the murderer. Yeah. We immediately yeah. were like, this guy probably did the murdering. I'm glad that he, well, I won't. It wasn't him. Yeah. I would be like, spoilsies, but whatever. This show's, yeah. this show's super old, guys. Get on it. It's <laughs> not like we're doing these out of order. You know what we're going to do next. Also, I'm like, I'm like vaguely, I don't know if this is a on mic or off mic talk, but I'm vaguely thinking about how we structure these things and maybe it'd be better to just do like a real quick synopsis so we can get all the spoilers out of the way early and then just talk about it. You know what I mean? No. No, you hate it. <laughs> we can totally do that. I feel no. I feel bad. Oh no, 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 no. I've got my sassy on on air persona, <laughs> which is much less kind than my actual persona. <laughs> so now I feel bad. And my on air persona is much more crying. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just a vague thought I had because, again, I do, like these episodes are structured so you, you can't really talk about it without spoiling it. So I was like, yeah. But, but that said, let's just say Seymour isn't the murderer. Let's move on. If you have a strong opinion about whether we should recap the episode or, uh, or I don't not, have a strong opinion, but oh, you I'm do. Not, so I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking oh, I'm to the listeners. Okay, then start again. I'll look at the microphone so you know to whom I'm speaking. <laughs> <clears throat> If you think that we should recap every episode before we start going into the analysis of each episode, send us a tweet at Kristen Leet. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-L-E-E-T-E. You should tweet us anyway, or Instagram us at Kristen and Leet, or Facebook us on our Facebook page. You should reach out and give us a review and basically connect with us in some way because we're lonely lonely people are you out there <laughs> we're lonely people and uh god we need friends and if you if you're wondering how to spell Kristen leet like throw an e anywhere you imagine an e could possibly go <laughs> yeah and then add a few more <laughs> again that's Kristen leet <laughs> that's k-r-i-s L-E-E-T-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
obviously we need friends. We have a Quantum Leap rewatch podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good show. The podcast or the show? Both. Yeah, I agree. Um, (laughs) Listen, man, I'm on your side. I really you want. You don't have to tell me. I'm Kristen. I really, I really want to. Um, I really want people to watch Quantum Leap. Maybe not the Color of Truth. Skip that one. That's fine. I mean, um, do you have to watch it to like know what the show is trying to do? And also, like, I don't know. Like, I was, I was. Is it good to just see it to know, like, oh, okay, the show can be problematic in this in this way now moving forward? Because, like, the next episode, spoils these, whatever, we we get the teaser that he's leapt into the body of a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, like, it's going to keep... Things things like this are going to keep happening. And, and from a few clips I've seen of future... There's some stuff, yeah. There's some stuff that's going to be problematic. There mm-hmm. has been stuff that's problematic. I don't know. Yeah. Skip Color of Truth if you want. I, I don't know. I mean, if, look, here's the thing. If you want to see a noble failure at progress- progressivism, watch sure. it. Yeah. If you want to skip that, nobody's going to blame you. Yeah. Do you wish you'd skipped it? I mean, for I'm a completionist, and this for the podcast, obviously. Um I don't I don't really see anything in that episode to really recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Like if like I would be perfectly happy living the rest of my life never seeing that episode again. Yeah, I guess I feel the same. All right, skip the color of truth. <laughs> uh, let's get back to this episode because we've talked so little about it. Uh, you could, yeah. Uh we meet Seymour, we meet Lionel, we meet um Elevator Boy. Uh they Oh yeah, yeah play out in in not particularly interesting ways um um oh one funny thing from this scene is uh seymour is the guy who operates the newspaper stand and uh sam clearly doesn't know how to buy a newspaper he's, <laughs> he's like he's like sure like i know this is supposed to be less than in 1989 how many cents is a newspaper and you can see he grabs a newspaper and then like fishes in his pocket for change and is like i don't know if this is a penny or a quarter i just don't know what so he puts an amount of change on the um counter and everyone stares at him and he goes what what did i do and he puts more change down he's like what guys tell me how much a newspaper costs and and then seymour goes you've never paid for a, for a newspaper before and sam just goes oh i get it so i'm a thief cool <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. This is a really sticky episode. There is some dumb stuff. I'm really excited to get into Allison. Yeah, if, let, uh, he goes upstairs and meets Allison. Yeah, he says to himself, like, someone was in my office, someone dangerous. Right? Yep. And then he sees her, and she's obviously the femme fatale figure, or so we're being told. Yep. She's Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Um. On that note, funny you say that, um... Claudia Christian plays uh, play, plays Allison, and she basically plays a femme fatale in the movie Atlantis. Uh, she's uh, the voice of Helga. In- I was going to say, Atlantis is animated, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's the voice of Helga Sinclair, who uh, is like 
awesome. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's, like, I, obviously older when she does it, so she's got this really low, like, Kathleen Turner thing going. Yeah. Um, which she already kind of has at this yeah. stage of the game, but it, yeah. So uh, funny that you compared her to Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, I just like that was the entire time I was watching it. I was like, oh, she's she's. I don't know if this came out when when was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, I would guess early nineties. You think early nineties? I wanted to say like eighty seven or something. Uh, let's let's find out. I don't know. I haven't seen it that many times uh, because I'm terrified of it. Nineteen eighty eight. Oh shoot. Um, so yeah, she could very well have been modeling her performance on Kathleen Turner. Yeah. 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 Kathleen Turner was yeah. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. 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 Oh, so Allison, we should mention, is the wife of Phil Grimsley, who is the guy who was dead at the beginning. Yeah. And also was, uh, a Nick Sam's business partner. So, um... Everyone, so he keeps saying, like, I gotta find Phil's killer. Who killed Phil? What? Who killed Phil? Who killed Phil? Do you Phil? wanna know who killed Phil? Um, but that, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> a dropper gonna... named Clapper. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Hey, hey. A dropper named Clapper killed Phil. <laughs> Kristen, who killed Phil? The dropper. What was his name? Clapper the dropper. Clapper the dropper? <laughs> it's Phil's killer. There's a dropper named Clapper? <laughs> What's a dropper? A hitman. <laughs> I mean, I figured it out. Yeah. And I was like, why do they keep calling him a dropper? I know. And it just... And is his name Clapper? Because no one knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. He's a mystery person. So what's Clapper? Clapper is, uh, um, he claps people to death. <laughs> he turns the lights off first by clapping. <laughs> and then he shoots them in the dark. And he smushes his head between, he smushes their head between his hands. <laughs> he claps them so hard between his hands. He clapped him to death. A dropper named Clapper, which is basically a good articulation exercise. A dropper named Clapper killed Phil in the... In, killed Phil Grimsley. <laughs> a dropper named Clapper killed Phil Grimsley. <laughs> a dropper named Clapper, a dropper named Clapper, a dropper named Clapper, a dropper named Clapper, a dropper named Clapper. <laughs> oh, that was great. And they say it so many times. It's also funny that... <laughs> Claudia Christian is in the episode where a dropper named Cla- Clapper killed Phil Grimsley. <laughs> I don't know, man. I love it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, I I love how uh, Sam visibly <laughs> cringes whenever women hit on him. <laughs> <laughs> he's. I've got to say, he's. Way into his aw shucks persona in the first half of this episode. Like, so oh, he much gets of it. out of it real hard and fast. Real hard. Though. But, like, so much of the beginning of it, he's, he looks like a small boy like, in a suit. Oh, no. In a suit that's too big for him. And he's, like, gazing at people, like, <laughs> through his, like, eyelashes. And he's just like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Because, yeah, Allison, like, you know, her husband just died. And right away she's, like. Smoochy, smoochy. Smoochy, smoochy with him. And he's, like. Very like, oh no, Uh-oh. lady, very pretty lady kissing me. <laughs> this is dreadful. But then, you know what I think turned it around for him is that they say in this first scene, like, they, there's like the sexual tension is just like palpable and like, like well acted. Like it's it's yeah, like yeah. it's it's sincere and made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> but um, then in that first interaction, we reveal that. 
um, they never actually acted on it. Like she was married to Phil and they, unlike in most um, mystery stories, like they never actually um, hooked up because she was married and they were partners. And so they didn't. And then I think uh, Sam was finally like, hey, this Nick Allen, uh, he's my kind of guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah. I think I think that she's the one for me <laughs> because she didn't cheat until the day after he died. Mm. A girl after my own heart. Technically she's single. <laughs> Thanks to a dropper named Clapper. It's so stupid and true. He's like he's like a Perhaps <laughs> I was thinking about Tobias on Arrested Development. Perhaps a Cupid I shall play. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um Oh, I have a note about how like this was a very holodecky episode, maybe because it was just so tropey. With the film noir thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like he entered the holodeck and a bunch of film noir characters from a novel, go figure, were like, you know, yeah, no, that's coming true. at him. And it's, it's partly because, I mean, all of these episodes have been genre parody, but like putting the plot of like a mystery novel into 46 minutes of television is real hard. Yeah. Without resorting to at least tropism. To yeah. Tropes. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I like that, though. I like holodeck episodes. Those are always yeah. my favorite. Of course. They're so good. And the stakes are so low. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love some good low-stake television. You, if you think about it, yeah, every episode of Quantum Leap is basically a holodeck episode because he's just there for the, for the episode. Yeah. You know, like, you know, even if he fucks things up beyond repair, he'll just leap out. That's fine. Well, and this was the first time that I was like, if he doesn't leap, He's going to be so happy. Like, oh, yeah. He could live his whole life being home, being Humphrey Bogart. Being Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. I <laughs> uh, went with it. Um, being Humphrey Bogart and, and living with, just like loving Allison. Like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this one was especially low stakes because yeah. he was just going to beautiful ballrooms and yep. solving mysteries, being cool and kissing Allison. Yeah. And also, I'll just, for the record, after his first very intense kiss with Allison, because they've been holding it in for God knows how many years, they give, like, a real powerful kiss, and then she leaves, and Sam looks up to the heavens and says, thank you. That was weird. Which makes me so cringe. I had to turn to Leet and go, like, what did he just say? He said thank you. Like, that's what I thought, and I hated it. That was weird. It was so gross. And also, he probably did the same thing after smooching the 14-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why he's just so happy that, like, this 30-year-old gorgeous woman yeah. is coming oh. at him. Because he's like, oh, thank God. I oh, don't have to. she can drive? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All the boxes are checked off with this one. I don't have to, I don't know, be on my guard against tweens. Yeah. 
Ugh. So for the next scene, um, can I just before we we the oh, next scene? Fine. He, he goes to his desk and he pulls out a manuscript for a novel, oh, yeah, and he realizes that's where all his premonitions are coming from. Is because he read this novel that was written by the real Nick Allen. But that also raises a question for me, if I may, before we get to the next scene. Yeah. This doesn't seem like the kind of book that Sam would ever, 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 ever read. If you have like 300 PhDs, or however many he has. Eight or nine. Still. Do you have time to read novels? Do you have? Like, not only that, but it's like, okay, first of all, we find out later that it's one of, apparently this is a thing that existed. I'm unfamiliar with it, but... It's kind of a, like, you solve the crime thing. It's like, this is a real crime that took place. We don't know who did it. Uh, So we're going to publish it as a novel and get the readers to write in with who they think did it. Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Is that what that is? No, but it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. But, okay, so... I just like declaring Bandersnatch. (laughs) (laughs) It's my new favorite thing. Um, But, so, okay, it's really confusing because either when Sam would have like maybe been reading these things he would have been what 10 or 11 probably so then he's reading like a a 10 year old pulp novel which seems crazy but then like they become more popular again in like the 80s 70s and 80s but by then he's working on his fifth phd and he doesn't have time to read when did sam read this book I don't know. I'm going to go with when he was 10, especially because he didn't remember that he read this book. It just seemed vaguely familiar. Whereas I think anything I've read in high school or later, I'm not as old as Sam, but I'm almost 30. Oh, poor you. (gasps) Poor Kristen. (laughs) Almost 30. (laughs) How old are you? I'm 34. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so, like, since you're closer to Sam's 35, right? Pretty much Sam's age at this point. But, like, you can probably remember every book that you've written, like, high schoolish and beyond, right? I mean... Maybe not, like, remember every single book you've read, but, like, Like, if something came up from it, you'd probably be like, oh, I think I read that book. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But also, this is a really generic story so far. Like, um, a detective walks into his office and there's a dead body and then he's arrested. Like, this could be a hundred books. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. It's true, like, because, again, I, like, in, in, in real life, I get less, less so now, but I read a ton of mystery novels when I was a kid. Like, a ton. And I, like, for most of them, I could probably give you a pretty decent summary. I took a course in university called Detective Fiction. But I only remember one novel. What was it? The Big Sleep. Oh, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, Raymond Chandler, very good. Oh, uh, we read a lot of Sherlock Holmes, though I remember mm-hmm. all that. Um, and there were a few others that I do not remember, probably because I did not read them. Because yeah. I did not read very much in u- university. Um, so, yeah, he's writing, he's re- he's writing this novel uh, and doesn't remember how it ends. What, what's sure. next? What's next? Uh, I was going to go to the elevator scene. Mm-hmm. He has a little talk with Seymour on his way to the elevator and then he opens the elevator gate and right yeah yeah and then he steps through but the elevator is not there so he falls and it's a big like scary moment where he clings onto the wire yeah um and then he gets back onto the ground seymour has fainted Mm -hmm. from fear uh and the logical conclusion is that someone tampered with the elevator shaft in an attempt to kill Sam, which 
seemed like a leap to me at the time. A quantum leap? <gasps> well, um, I, I have, I have many, a many pronged answer to that question. Yes. Um, first of all, um, yes, that is an open question. When, when, when we see him recovering from the almost fall. We see Lionel the Super and uh, Elevator Boy the Elevator Boy arguing about it and debating whether it was an accident or not. Um, furthermore, um, if you knew that there was a dropper named Clapper on your tail, maybe you would be less inclined to dismiss things as accidents. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, the point is, this is our first. This is my first thing where I was like, "Oh, Seymour is uh, a dropper named Clapper." Yes. Um, because he, uh, first of all, w- as Sam was opening the elevator door, um, Seymour like called back to him so that Sam turned around as he was walking into the elevator, which would be a very clever ruse if you were a dropper named Clapper. Yeah. And the other thing is that he faints dead away the second Sam is in any danger. So again, it's like, oh, this is pretty it's suspicious. Yeah. It's real suspicious. I think Seymour might be a dropper named Clapper. I was very sure as well. Yeah. I think, uh, actually, I was more sure in the next scene. The next scene is when they go to the uh, the bar. Yeah. Um, if you wanna if you wanna um, follow along with the mystery and we're not satisfying you, now you know how I feel. What? Having watched the episode, oh. it's a very poor mystery. Yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, I guess I'll go to this place now. Oh, I that's a place. I I I, I uh, somebody mentioned a location. I guess we'll go to that location. Yeah, it's not a well written. Like, noir thing. So so they go to a bar because apparently the bar is the next location. Because the thing is that, like, I'm pretty sure that this episode is not about the mystery itself, but rather his relationship with Seymour and Alice. And Al. Yeah, yeah. And that seems to be Belisario's thing, is that it's, like, character-driven each episode. True. Um... Which is funny because, yeah, you have a new cast of characters every episode. And then I find I get attached to them. And then I have to remind myself not to because they're going to be gone. Like, Mm -hmm. I I miss Dixie every day. Yeah. But, yeah, they go to this bar. And Al is uh, conducting the band with the conductor, which I assume is just for fun. Just for jokesies. Yeah. I I just think, like, he always wanted to try it. And he's like, is it like this? It's like, well, not really because you're having no impact on anyone. But whatever. It's just like anytime anyone conducts anything in a movie, like they're always just waving their arms around in a random fashion and pretending that it's music. The reason I thought I wrote at this point, it's Seymour, isn't it? I think is because uh, Sam's like, I'll go get us some drinks. And Seymour's very quick to be like, no, oh, I'll, I'll go get the drinks. I'm like, that's suspicious. Mm-hmm. But it was even something before that. I'm not sure why. Well, I mean, why. It's the fact that he's there in the first place, which he has no reason to be there. Yeah. Like, he just tagged along. Yeah, maybe that's why. He's just, he was just behaving very suspiciously. Yeah, so. he's, he's just, like, weirdly inserting himself. He's, like, the newspaper boy from, like, <laughs> Nick's office. Why is he, like, so involved in this mystery? I mean, I guess everyone needs a sidekick, but, like, it's a, it's a stretch. Yeah, I mean, I did write earlier, too, like, I love how nice Sam is being to Seymour, because it just mm-hmm. kind of got me in the feels of it, because Seymour's <laughs> such a nerd, and I'm a nerd, and <laughs> it was just nice that Sam was being so nice. So, uh, I don't know, I was like, maybe he just wants to be best friends. 
Yeah, he does. With Nick. And he also wants to hang out with Allison. He's talking to her ear off the entire fucking scene. Well, largely because Sam abandons them for 10 minutes yeah. to go talk to no one at the bar, i.e. Al. Al. <laughs> but also like, known as no one. Also known as, he's not actually there. You also known crazy. as a dropper named Clapper. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, so oh my uh, God, what if Al was the murderer? <laughs> oh no. Guess what? I'm the dropper named Clapper who killed Phil. I don't. I'm, I don't even know whether I mean like hologram Al or like 1953 Al. Either one is good. Al, like, like a little three-year-old boy comes in in a suit. Well, Al's older gun. than that. He's he's. It's 1953. 53. He's probably 15 years older than Sam. Yeah. In reality, right now we determined that Dean Stockwell is like in his 80s. Yeah. So he's so. born in the 30s. No. No. Forties. Yeah. So he'd probably be ten, maybe. He'd be eight to yeah. ten years old, yeah. I might speculate. So <laughs> a cute little eight year old boy in a in a pinstripe suit comes Fun. in. Um no, so he goes to the bar to get drinks and he talks to Al and Al is just being the worst. Oh, so gross. Um He brought it, binoculars. Yeah, is I this just, where he... This isn't where he wants to check out the women's washroom. That's later, right? No, that's at the airport. Ugh, yikes. But he brought binoculars. Are they hologram binoculars? I don't know, but we should probably... He brought binoculars so that he could look at Allison's boobs from across the room. Yeah, and it's this shot that we see through the binoculars. Four or five times. A bunch of times. And I'm like, I understand Donald Belisario. I mm-hmm. understand that Al is looking at Allison's breasts every time he looks into the binoculars. Can we just... Do we need to? Yeah, do we need time? to be looking at her breasts? Yeah, like, there's a, a beautiful period scene with, you know, people in beautiful costumes from the 50s in a ballroom and you hired this wonderful orchestra. Like, it, you know, the set dressing in the scene was lovely. Mm-hmm. Everything was great. I'm like, I really want to look at everything else and mm-hmm. I don't feel like ogling... Claudia Christian's chest, but whatever. But also, like, you're a hologram. You could walk across the room and, like... <laughs> Motorboater. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you could see him close up. Al, why did you bring True. binoculars? I mean, I guess because you wanted to do it while talking to Sam. I want to make sure that no matter where I am in the room, I can get a good view of the goods. <laughs> I want Sam to be talking to me while I look. <laughs> I want him to know I'm looking. Al gets off on Sam's disapproval. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, yeah, and Sam, at this point, full-on like calls Al sleazy, and Al takes offense to it. Yeah. So again, we have this animosity between the two of them. Yeah, but he's real vicious. I've it's got... It's less playful than it has been. It's like... And also, he, he like calls Al a drunk... Oh, yeah. It's, like, real vicious. And I'm like, is this is this Swiss cheese happening here? Or is Sam fucking losing it? He's just had enough of Al. Like, he's really mean. <laughs> to be fair, Al's being disgusting. He is. That's true. Um, That's true. Maybe he's just, like, <laughs> waking up more to the fact that, like, you should stop ogling people when you leap with me. And this is the scene where Al says to Sam, like, not just because you haven't been getting any lately. Ugh. Yeah, again, what's what's going on, guys? Like, you basically called him a cuck. <laughs> like, 
Like, I'm going to call HR. We just need to hash this whole thing out. Yeah, like, when Sam gets back to his own time, he's going straight to HR. Yeah. He's like, we need to talk about Al. Like... The problem and is... And the way he's abusing our time travel. The problem is that Sam keeps, like, writing things down and documenting them and then leaping out and leaving his <laughs> his uh, hard copies behind. So, like, great, did you, uh, did you document the time and the place of the incident? He's like, well, that's a good question. But then also... It was 1953. Also, it means that, like, when Sam leaps out and Nick leaps back in, he's just going to find notes in his pockets (laughs) that says, like, binoculars at the bar. He's like, what the fuck does this mean? These are my little owl notes. (laughs) Um, The one thing we learn in this is that um, Al's got his hands on the, the book that this whole thing is based on yes. and it finds and it turns out that Nick is going to die too at, like in like fucking 6 hours or whatever um so that's there's our ticking clock and there's our our stakes is that Sam's got to figure out who Clapper who who the dropper name Clapper is <laughs> before uh he dies oh yeah and i was like why isn't Allison like you just went and sat at that bar for 5 full minutes yeah like and left me with Seymour and also, I could see you. I didn't have binoculars, but I could <laughs> like, see you standing there with the drinks. Sitting. Like, I'm pretty sure he was sitting at a bar stool, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, um, could have been. I don't know if he was standing. Uh, I mean, but he was like, the like the way, the, the like bartender, and, like, the bartender put the drinks down, he took a sip of one, and stood there <laughs> for another eight minutes. Like, do you not want to go out with me tonight? Like, <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Just left me with Seymour. In movies... When people order martinis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're for sure just water. <laughs> so you just picture, like, Scott Bakula standing there drinking water with olives in it. <laughs> it's like, it, mm. Mm, it's so good. Mm, <laughs> I love my olive water. Mm, it's like tea, but savory. <laughs> why he was so cranky <laughs> two olives on a toothpick you know that olive juice is just mixing around with his set water oh that's great <laughs> um well are we ready to get to the outside uh, yeah we get we get um uh outside um it's about to start raining yeah and uh seymour Runs off to get a cab, yeah. right? And then, meanwhile, Sam and Allison get a moment alone, and they like, they start like make it out. They're hardcore in this episode. Like, it was like, it was it was passionate, and uh, and then they stop, and and he's like, uh, he's like, or she's like, where's that cab? He's like, I'll go get one. She's like, hurry! I'm like. Wow, these people are going to fuck. <laughs> like it is very clear. It has never been more clear in a less comedic way. Yeah. Like in a more earnest way on this television yeah. show that they're gonna have sex. Like it's happening. <laughs> like it was like you said, it was kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. More than once in this episode. I'm like, were they dating at the time or something? Was this like so hardcore? Yeah, like it, it really seems that uh Claudia Christian and uh and uh, uh Scott Bakula were like exploring a level of realism here. I know that's the thing, and it's like like Sam is made out with women in pretty much every episode, almost every episode, except for Color of Truth. He's smooched a girl. It's never been like this. Yeah. Yeah. Not once. 
Yeah, this was something. And then, uh, so then he gets shot at. Yeah, some, he goes to, because Seymour is taking so long with the cab, he goes to find a different cab, and immediately people start shooting at him from the alley. Which is when I wrote, okay, it's definitely, yeah, it's Seymour, absolutely Seymour. Seymour did the kill. Yeah. But then uh, they're all in a cab, which is like awkward, because these two, again, are about to fuck. And yeah. Seymour is there. So you're like... gross i don't know um (laughs) anyone who's been a third wheel in a situation like that knows how much that sucks (laughs) um seymour starts talking about like he starts talking in a bunch of slang yeah he's all along all along he's been doing these kind of classic pulp detective uh similes and and uh slang and shit like that so he's going on it on on with his uh, like like rambling about stuff, uh, which prompts Sam to be like, "You're a nerd. You're a dweeb. Like you're a wuss. Uh, get out of here, don't you know?" But, uh, I'm gonna actually. This is a callback to episode one where he uses the word nerd, and then people are like, "What the fuck is a nerd?" And he's like, "You're a nerd." And then he goes like to like, and they, they go, "What's a nerd?" And he goes, "You know, wimpy, wussy. You're a fucking <laughs> pussy nerd." <laughs> I was like, is he gonna like? If he calls him a sissy, I'm gonna be like offended. I know it's <laughs> like, again. I'm, I'm getting kind of offended at the toxic masculinity in this cab right now. Yeah, it's really mean. Yeah, but um, I did write though. If you're gonna refer to your shoes as Daisy Crushers, <laughs> you're gonna get called a nerd. <laughs> a nerd is fine. Nerd is a perfectly nerd acceptable insult. It's what it, yeah. But when it gets into like insulting his manhood and stuff. and stuff, ugh. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he said that, but like, yeah. <coughs> to be fair, he did use the phrase "daisy crushers," yeah. which I adore. Yeah. And then, like, the next like couple scenes of this show are like Sam being like, to just like so weird about Seymour like I love you get the fuck out of here I'm trying to save your life get the fuck out yeah yeah it's and then even when like they go into the like the office building where they work and where his newspaper stand is and he's like I thought maybe it was you Seymour but then I realized it wasn't because you weren't wet and whoever shot at me must have been in the rain yeah like okay um That's, that's pretty good detectiving it's okay yeah, it's all right. It's not I mean, Sherlock Holmes level. He like, I noticed that on your left hand there was an indentation above the nail. It's like, well, yeah. it's, it's fine. But also, like, <laughs> he could have, like, put on a coat. But it's fine. Umbrellas. Maybe not that good of detectiving, but okay detectiving, Sam. Sure, sure. But then that prompts, because uh, he was like, I didn't want you to come with me because it's going to be dangerous. And Seymour's like, you're trying to protect me. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Like, it was very sweet. Get out of here, you fucking nerd. <laughs> And this it ends with the f- good trope of like, okay, sure, Seymour, you can come along. Go get your coat. And then Seymour runs off and Sam goes, bye, Seymour, and walks out to the cab. Yeah. Which is, uh, like, again, like, just just be cool, Sam. Sam, just be, be cool. I also have um, a note here about Sam with the cigarettes, which is, We've had oh, two yeah. or three episodes where Sam doesn't smoke and is bad at smoking and immediately forgets. Oh, that's right. Uh, and and this time he's learned the trick, which is to light a cigarette and then <laughs> never inhale. Ah. He's figured it out and he looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, so Seymour runs off 
into the cab? No. No. He um, doesn't. No. Someone we, else gets yeah, in the cab C- with Seymour runs off to get the... Um, uh, his coat, Sam walks out of the building, then we cut to the cab where Allison is waiting. We hear the door open and she goes, oh, what took you so long? Because she's not looking, she's doing her lipstick. She's doing her lipstick. The cab drives off and then we see Sam walk out of the building. <gasps> oh my God, it wasn't Sam. Who just picked her up? It must have been the clapper dropper, Phil dropper, Killer. <laughs> dropper clapper. <laughs> yeah. Dropper clapper. The clapper. <laughs> um... So they go to the airport. Yeah, because to LaGuardia, um, which was explicitly stated to be the one place that Sam should absolutely not go to by well, Al. The the re- the reason it being that both Allison and his bodies are wait is it Allison? No, Allison's never found. So yeah, um, that um, Nick Allen's body is found at LaGuardia Airport. Right. Meanwhile, Seymour and Allison disappear, and it's assumed that they ran off together. Um, right. To fucking Rio or whatever. Mm. Um, so anyway, as so that means that as soon as uh, Allison disappeared, Sam goes, "Oh, we got to go to LaGuardia because that's where I'm gonna die." <laughs> yep. So they go to LaGuardia, and this kid in a bow tie in a little suit who's with his mom mm-hmm. looks up and sees Nick. And it's like, oh my god, it's Humphrey Bogart. Because remember how at the very beginning we said he looked like Bogart? That's like a consistent thing in this episode that people think he's Bogart. Yeah, it happens three, four times. An old lady at the beginning is like, are you Humphrey Bogart? And he's like, no. And, and she, she hits, hits him. him. <laughs> <laughs> Punished for the crime of not being Bogart. Um, but yeah, so this kid is like, ah, oh, it's Bogart. And he runs up and he's like, oh, I loved you so much in this movie. And oh, yeah. he's like, do like, like really excitedly talking to him. Mm-hmm. And we found out that in the, on the IMDb page or in the credits, the kid's character is listed as Woody Allen. Not at all made explicit in the episode. No, he doesn't really look like Woody Allen. Like he's not particularly, he's, he's gingerish. Like, no, he's got like brown hair. It's like reddish brown. Because I was thinking about this in the um, in the um, Buddy Holly episode. Is there any factual reality to this? Do they look up like Buddy Holly and be like, "Oh, when he was a kid, he was a veterinarian's assistant." Is this a thing? Like Did, he lived in Texas on a farm with a yeah. yeah. Does Woody Allen have the story of that one time he saw Bogey at the airport? Like maybe, maybe we should yeah. We should do some sleuthing. And find out. Hey. You love that joke so much. What joke? The one you just made. You just sleuthing. Yeah, because I do love no. saying sleuthing. <laughs> but you were so happy. <laughs> I've never seen you happier. You know what? It's because I always say to people like, "We must sleuth it out," and I hold up an invisible um, magnifying glass. Oh, I assumed it was like a mug. No, it's it's a magnifying glass, and no one laughs, but my sister laughs so hard every time. So I have enough hope <laughs> that it's gonna work out. But I love sleuthing things out. <laughs> so at that point, I thought to myself, with the Woody Allen kid, I'm like, "Is this gonna be like Sam has to?" inspire Woody Allen to do something. Maybe he inspires him to not grow up to be a rat bag. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously not. Um, yeah, that doesn't pay off at all. And again, no. we, don't, we, don't, we don't see in the episode that anything Woody Allen related, you know. No. It's like Sam doesn't accidentally go like, 
oh, I've got to go find Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> yeah. There's none of that. No. So that's that's great. Um, while while um, Sam is having this conversation with young Woody Allen, uh, Seymour just happens to coincidentally walk into uh, Lionel, who was the super of the building that we met earlier. Do you remember him? No, neither do I. So yeah, li- it's Lionel. Lionel. Lionel did the murders. Lionel's the clapper dropper fill killer. Well, here's the thing: is he? Oh. Do we ever? Maybe it's not made explicit. I guess I assume. Because here's the. Th- I mean, here's the thing: is that like all along, they've been like assuming it's the dropper named Clapper. But then when we hear Lionel's, ju- uh, uh, a motive motive. What was it? I he was in love with Allison. And he wanted to, he killed, um, he killed her husband so they could run off together. And then she was with, um, uh, Sam. And so he had to kill Sam. So like, was, was the dropper named Clapper a red herring the whole time? Oh, maybe. Yeah. This still, this, this fucking dropper still like running around dropping people. Yeah. Just dropping people. Dropping people left, right and center. Oh, well, um, but anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. My problem is that there's no fucking clues pointing to Lionel at any point. Like, the only That's reason right. we realize it's him is because Seymour accidentally walks into him. Yeah. Like, there's there's been no indication all it's along. It's not even like the butler did it. It's like, the milkman did it. Yeah. And you've never met him and it's or like, like you saw him walk by once. It's like that's completely irrelevant and useless to the, me. The only vaguely sort of thing is that he was the super of the building. And so he potentially could, could have, have rigged up the elevator. It. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have rigged up the elevator. Um, but other than that, there's no indication. Well, nobody was like, like maybe. I, I guess, yeah, he thought maybe Seymour could have been the clapper. Um. Did he think, like, is the elevator kid the clapper? Like, did that occur to him? No, I just think it was Lionel. No, but I mean, like, whatever. I just meant, like, as a detective, shouldn't he have been like, okay, who has access to the elevator? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Who would have done it? Like, he didn't even go through that. He didn't. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I almost fell down the elevator. Well, no clues here. It was Seymour or no one. (laughs) Seymour or bus. (laughs) And, like, there was no detectiving that, like, he only went to LaGuardia because Al told him that that's where his Don't buddy's going to turn up. LaGuardia. There's no detectiving other than, like, oh, you weren't wet. That's the one bit of detectiving that ever happened this entire episode. Well, you know, he has a lot of PhDs, but none of them are in sleuthing it out, so. <laughs> um, Unlike mine. Yeah, uh... So then uh, he saves Allison and yeah, he, he saves um, the day. There's a shootout. Um, uh, so, okay, hold on. Um, Lionel drags Seymour to where Allison is. Raises a whole lot of questions. Because in Alpha timeline, he could have just abducted Allison. And Seymour wouldn't have known to go to LaGuardia. But in Alpha Timeline, both Allison and Seymour disappeared at the same time. So why would Seymour even be involved in that in Alpha Timeline? Question one. Question two. He bought airline tickets and has Allison bound and gagged. 
How was he planning on getting on the plane? Oh, you know, it was the 50s. You could do a lot on planes that you can't do now. You could do a lot with women that you can't do now. <laughs> you, could, you could smoke on planes. You could abduct women. <laughs> so many questions in my mind about what was ever a plan here. Yeah. But also, the most galling thing of all is that the actor playing Lionel is chewing gum through this <laughs> entire scene. Yeah. And it's so horrifying. It's gross. It's the most, and it's, he's not chewing it. It's kind of just hanging out on the side of his mouth in front of his teeth. He's got this big old orange mustache, which somehow makes it worse. And the entire time he's yelling because, like, Sam has chased him down and they're shooting at each other and they're in this airline airplane hangar and um, he keeps shooting, but he doesn't know where Sam is because Sam is hiding behind the thing. And the entire time it's just piece of gum. <laughs> it's just a way he's like, like, nervously. He's just got to get the taste of that olive water out of his mouth. <laughs> But such okay. delicious delights this episode. What? Who? Whose decision was this? Was it Donald? Was it the director? Was it the actor? Oh, could you imagine if it was the actor and he talked everyone into it? Like, no, no, I, I, I did, I did a lot of background research for my character. Like, he's got this thing, this like obsessive compulsive thing mm-hmm. where he has to chew gum or something. Like, yeah, I'm so fucking method. If I don't have gum, I'm walking. Because he was very like manic chewing. It's it was weird. So fucking gross. <laughs> and it's like, if you want to win the heart of Allison, <laughs> I have one very big suggestion. Keep <laughs> the gum. do with the gum. Keep the gum inside the teeth. That's all I ask, dude. When you go to the movies and you see gum under the seats, like I always think, like, what kind of human being? Like, what today? kind of person? Like, again, it seems just so 50s to me of... Like, oh, I'm a bad boy. I stick gum wherever I want. That's like, it's 2019. Can we just be people? I just don't know why that was ever a thing. Like, why Why do you want to leave little, little pink droplets wherever you go? Pink droplets things? is the new name of my punk band. <laughs> little pink droplets. Pink droplets. <laughs> my actual brilliant name for a punk band, a 1980s era Brit pop punk band, yeah. is the Logical Fallacies. And to me that I always I always do that. We are the logical fallacies. One, two, fuck you That's my favorite countdown I've ever Have you not heard that before? Oh, I didn't invent it. That's not Lee. I like it. I fucking love it so much. Well you shared that with me. I'll share it with you. Um I've decided what I would name my drag king character if Mm -hmm. I ever got into drag. It would be Jack Nipplesen. <laughs> <laughs> no one can steal that from me. Yeah, TM, 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 TM. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. <laughs> Jack Nipplesen. <laughs> so then after he gets arrested and everything, um, do we have the interaction with Seymour before the one with Allison? Yes. I no. don't know. I stopped taking oh, no, notes. There is one with Allison first where she's like, He's, she, you know, she's like, well, we have these tickets. We should just oh, yeah. get on this plane. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And this is where I'm like, they have tickets? How was she going to get on the plane? Yeah, like, one for me and one for like, the little lady. I always like, assumed that she was going like, to throw her in the back of a biplane and fly it himself to Mexico or something. But nope. 
Nope. They had tickets. <laughs> she brought her passport. He made sure she had ID. <laughs> but yeah, she's all like, well, I feel like we should just use these tickets. And he's like, yes, absolutely, Allison, we are going. Well, he goes, where are they to? And she goes, does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But he's, but it doesn't to him. He's like, but I will go. Do I dress warm or cold? Like, I, I guess I don't have time to change, but Jesus. They not anything. They didn't pack. They're just going. They're just, what the fuck? I don't know. I mean, it's very romantic, but... Did he bring his passport? <laughs> it's the 50s. You don't really need a passport. Or maybe they're going within the States. They're just going to Wyoming? Yeah, they're just going to Florida. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, okay, just give me a minute. Like, I'm going to go do something. And she's like, she says, like, yeah, don't make me wait too long. And, uh... Oh, yeah, sleeper flight. She says, don't make me wait too long. Sleeper flight. And We're I'm like, gonna they're going to fuck on this airplane. They're going to fuck. These two have just been trying to bone this whole episode. Yeah. Oy, um, it's like an episode of Three's Company. <laughs> Where they're just trying to fuck the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're real horny. Um so so she uh so he he goes off and talks to Al and Al's like you can't get on this plane you know and he's like I'm, watch me I'm going I'm gonna go fuck Al I swear to God I'm not <laughs> leaping this time this one's for Sam <laughs> remember <laughs> you said I haven't been getting any <laughs> this one's for Sam oh no um yeah and and uh, so then he like you know keeps walking and then seymour comes up and then starts talking to him about some nonsense about what what just happened and some crazy lingo and uh yeah yeah he goes hey have you ever considered writing he goes wow i guess i could gee thanks mister and then he starts writing on the spot because that's how writing works right you just stare off into the distance and be like what was the word? He said, the, uh, the the fog was as thick as hash house uh, oatmeal. oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. It's the least sexy way to start a mystery novel. Yeah. Um, he says, it like, her hips said goodbye <laughs> as she got on the plane. He said something like that. Yeah, I'm something like, like that. What? <laughs> her hips said goodbye. Maybe waved goodbye? Did they wave goodbye? If hips can't lie, hips can also say goodbye, I guess. But they cannot say goodbye unless you're leaving, because they cannot tell a lie. <laughs> That's right. You better be on the way out the door. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, that's going to be the thing that makes him leap. Not the Woody Allen thing, because that meant nothing. <laughs> that was completely irrelevant. So Sam leaps. <laughs> and we'll talk about where he's leaping after these plugs. After plugs. <laughs> I haven't been, I guess I plugged this earlier in the episode, but we should be saying you can follow us on Twitter at Kristen Leet or on Instagram at Kristen and Leet or on our Facebook page, which is, oh boy, it's Kristen and Leet. Incidentally, the name of the show. Um, and, and the most important thing you can, well, no, the most, most important several things is um, to, to leave us a review yes. um, and, and uh, a star rating. Um, and like, if you, if you are listening to this on like a web browser, like cool, go ahead and do you, but like, if you could just subscribe and then never open (laughs) iTunes ever again, that does help us out. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and also tell your friends because who doesn't love Quantum Leap? Yeah. And you know that show that you saw two episodes of when you were six? 
We're doing the whole thing. <laughs> We're watching all of it. And like I said, we need friends. If you have friends, please give us some Give of your us friends. your friends. <laughs> give us your friends. <laughs> Would you fuck you? Give us your friends. <laughs> we love you so much. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Never oh. change, but get the fuck out. Anyway, Lee, do you have anything else to plug? No, I think I'm good with just plugging this this time. Oh, okay. You can go ahead. Interesting. Well, now I feel weird about it. <laughs> that was my point. Oh. I'm oh. a cruel... There's some Machiavellian bullshit going on. <laughs> Fine, I'm not going to plug anything either. Fine, we'll do that next Fine, week. Fine, we don't do anything other than this. Um, Before we get to our um, um who, uh, uh, prediction... Yeah. This is the last episode of season one. Oh, yeah. It was only nine episodes long. It doesn't feel like we've done this that many times. Yeah. It feels like the first time. Um, so, yeah, we may... Have we decided we're going to do the recap? The, the O'Boises? I think so. Okay, next week we're going to have a special uh, recapping season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to make up some bullshit awards. Um, speaking of which, who do you think... Who's our Dixie of the Week? Ugh, I had trouble with this one. Um, because no one was quite Dixie level. I enjoyed Allison a lot because I like a good um, Kathleen Turner, Kathy Moriarty type femme fatale. Who's Kathy Moriarty? Uh, she was in... What's if you say Atlantis, movie? I'm going <laughs> to... She was also in Atlantis. No, um, she. I, I have an equally dumb one though. Uh, she was in Casper. Uh, do you see that with Christina Ricci? Uh, when it was like funny. when it came out, I saw. She it. was the villain. Um, more famously though, the black and white film with Robert De Niro was that Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver or Raging Bull? No, I think it's Raging Bull. Yeah, I think she's his girl in Raging Bull, which I haven't seen. I just saw clips of it. Because Taxi Driver, it was Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, so it's probably Raging Bull, because that's when he's a boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's got, like, a kind of, she's got a very, like, kind of raspy voice, and it's it's kind of, like, cool and sexy, but in Casper, it's very evil and, yeah, very Kathleen Turner, right, in that kind of way. And I mm-hmm. like finding these women, because um, I also have a creepy voice as a deeper voiced woman you just like to find your own voiced woman on this show i don't go into that territory because when i'm silly i just sound like an idiot (laughs) so i liked getting to see some of claudia christian's work Mm -hmm. like like live in person um as opposed to in an animated film Mm. so she was kind of my dixie in this but like my vote is for seymour he was very good he was sweet yeah yeah i think they were both good yeah. Two Dixies this week. Mm, it's a two Dixie week here on Oh Boy, It's Kristen and Leet. Um, cool. So uh, what happened? Sam leaps and We're going to oh. get to this in a couple of weeks because it's going to be the first episode of season two. Um, but so look Sam, out for the Oh Boysies next week. I just wanted to say again what it's called because I love that name for an awards show. Yeah, the Oh Boysies is our bullshit uh, awards that we're going to make up Yay! in the coming week. Um, so Sam is in a bubble bath, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, there's a woman talking to him, uh, saying, oh, don't, you don't want to be late, Miss Senior Vice President 
And that's it. It's yeah, the, one of the. It's like the the teaser for Color of Truth, where he looks in a mirror and sees that he's black, and that is the entire teaser. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he just she says Miss, you know, Senior Vice President, and he goes like Miss. Whoa! And that's it. So you're like, great. The 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 big the situation here is that uh, he's a he's a girl. He's a woman. Um. But at least, unlike The Color of Truth, where the only thing we had to go on was it's a diner and he's black, mm-hmm. um, is it, in this one, I guess we know she's senior vice president of mm-hmm. something. Yeah. We don't really get a good gauge. Did you get, like, from the set dressing at all, kind of what time period we're talking about? I don't remember offhand. The woman who came into the bathroom. So oh, I'm confused because I'm like... Is it that she's senior vice president? Like, is that like a university high school thing? Or is it like of a company? Mm, good question. Could because also, I'm not entirely sure that that is accurate, the title. High school stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, entirely sure it was senior vice president. but Yeah, because I think it was something like miss president of something or whatever. So, because for me, I was like, this could either be high school or university or like much later. Yeah. You know, if you're at that point in a career. But I'm inclined to think that was her mother who came in. Because I'm also like, if if you're like a CEO or vice president of a business, you probably don't have roommates anymore. So why would they come into the bathroom while you're having a bubble bath? That's also weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more inclined to think it's high school or university because that's when people tend to barge into the bathroom more, whether it's your mother or your sister or your roommates. Not that I had that experience at any point. I do not care for people barging in on my bubble baths. <laughs> it was funny because when he first was in a bubble bath, I thought to myself, that's nice. He deserves one. Yeah. He's had a hard time. Yeah. I realized how terrible that sounds, realizing it's like... <laughs> We just talked about the color of truth where it's like, oh, this poor white professor has had a hard time of it, leaping through time and making out with women. He's been fine. Um, <laughs> he he cut his face. Yeah, he almost got shot. Yeah. Um. Okay, fine. So I was like, that's nice. He's in a bubble bath. That's nice. Yeah, and then restful. when, as soon as they were like, it's a girl, I'm like, obviously he's a girl. Because like, why would... Why would a man take a bath ever? In the late 80s, early 90s on TV, that mm-hmm. it does seem like something you wouldn't see, I guess, which hurt me a little bit. I'm like, he deserves one. Yeah. Men deserve bubble baths, too. Men deserve nothing. <laughs> uh, so do you have a prediction or is this she's in high school, college? Um, I'm going to go with university, and that was her roommate, because she did seem a little too youthful to be a mom. I was going to say, she was she was young to be the mom of a college student. Could be... Yeah. Could potentially, in TV terms, be the mom of a high schooler, or could be the elder sister of a university student, something like that. But the way, yeah, the way she came in and was like, oh, I'm the president, or whatever, like... It just felt more... It didn't feel like a mom being like, oh, I'm so proud of you being whatever you did. True, yeah. You know? So I'm going to go with university, roommate. Um, and, uh, okay, I know what it is. And I bet I'm right. Is um, He's leapt into 
a, a woman who has just become the senior vice president or vice president or whatever the title actually is of like a women's lib organization at a university at okay. a college fun that's what it is um do you need me to well i'm gonna say I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to game it out like and if that's the case there's gonna be some kind of conflict with like the frat on campus yeah um, like actually, i actually i i know what the correct answer is so i'm trying i'm not trying not to reveal anything but you want I'm to also, steer me in the right direction? No, no, not particularly. Okay. I'm just thinking, like, I'm trying to like take your, um, your your prediction and then kind of play it out in its own right, not myself being mm. not being myself swayed by what I know is actually going to happen. And again, I don't actually remember what happens, but I know kind of the setting and stuff. Okay, um, I'm gonna guess 60s ish. 60s. Um, um, if she's like, yeah, the head of like a, of a fun. Uh, uh, women's rights women's group. rights group. Uh, and yeah, if there's problem with a frat group, like, or maybe a, or maybe a handy professor. Oh man, maybe they're back at uh, at at um, Sarah. Lo- well, not at, Sarah at Lawrence, Lawrence. Just Lawrence. If they're back at Lawrence College and she's protesting, uh, professor um, getting tenure. <laughs> she's yeah. trying to get him fired. What the fuck what was his name? Professor, professor Bryant. Bryant. She's protesting Professor Bryant, and Donna Alisi is going to be like, "No, man, he's cool. He was nice to me." <laughs> He solved my daddy issues. He kissed my nose. He really is a romantic. <laughs> Just tears in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I Okay, have. yeah. Well, we'll have to find out if you're right in a couple of weeks, because next week we got the old boysies. Yay! So tune it back in for all the bullshit we're going to make up. <laughs> One, two, fuck you. <laughs> so I'm going to sign off every episode. Yeah, I love it. Bye. Bye, I love you. Thank you.